I'm Tim Berg, host of the Above180.com podcast. Thought it'd be great to catch up with Bill Hall. We discussed the new static weight rules put in place by the USBC earlier this year. We also talk about the USBC Open Championship. We also chat about the reincarnation of urethane and why it gets in people's head when, frankly, in Bill's opinion, maybe it shouldn't. That's all coming up on the Above180.com podcast. Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.hi5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Bill Hall. Bill is a silver certified USBC coach. He was on tour working from 1980 to 1998, and he coached internationally from 98 until 2012. Bill, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Tim. It's been a while, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we got going. Well, let's um, let's start with some of the new rules, uh, the, the main new rule change from the USBC that took effect. I've talked to a different couple different shop operators on my own, but I'd love to get your perspective as far as what these new rules, meaning the, the, the side weight issue we're talking about here, we're now, what, first off, why don't you explain that? Explain it to people who maybe haven't been paying quite a lot of attention about this. Explain the new rule that took into effect, and then if, also if you want to get into what it means, um, what in your opinion it means for the bowlers out there. Well, basically, we're just increasing the amount of imbalance, and, and that's an important word imbalance that we can legally use when we lay out a bowling ball. I mean, it's not really balances. Balances wouldn't have any uh, weight, more weight on one side versus another side. So it's basically an imbalance. And just like anything else, if you create more and more imbalance, the reaction is going to have to be more severe once it tries to balance out. That's just the way it is. Imagine this, if you're driving down the road, and your tire's out of balance a little bit, the moment you slow down or hit the brakes and try to create another, a more normal balance, there's going to be a bigger vibration or a bigger reaction because of the slowdown. Well, the same thing happens with a bowling ball. So what's really going to happen is we're getting bowling balls more and more out of control, and not even the top professionals can handle stuff like that. So 
I'm I'm not real sure where it'll go. I'm not sure if it's going to make a good impact in bowling. Uh, My guess is going to be that it's going to be more negative than positive, uh, for lack of a better term. But it's, you know, Tim, we've got to figure out something and something soon because it's getting just to the point where People are walking away because the game has become so complicated out of something that was meant to be so simplistic. So, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in a tough position right now, and I see these rules not helping but actually turning people away from the game. All right, so I want to ask a, just a, a quick follow-up on that. So your normal guy comes in. Are you going to do anything different for them when they want something drilled, or is it going to be more – hey, uh, your advanced players that you're they're going to say, well, I want something that does this, this, and this. And then you're going to start uh, experimenting, I guess is probably the best word, with some of that um, that imbalance that we're now allowed to do. Or is, is it just going to be status quo? And it's, uh, What is your thought on that when a customer walks through the door? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and stay more towards the older rules because that's something that they can control more, whether they're professionals, amateurs, beginners. Um, you know, I know everybody has this fallacy that I want a ball that goes long and skids and flips really hard. Uh, no, you don't. And <laughs> because you can't control it. And when people walk into talk to me and they say, well, I want a ball that does this, this, and this, my first reaction to them is I tell them, you're not looking for a bowling ball. You're looking for an oil pattern. An oil pattern only allows the bowling ball to do what it can do and vice versa. So, you know, I try and keep it very, very simple, especially with players that I work with on the lanes. You know, um, I'm trying to keep them in control more than they think they need to be. And the more you have control of the environment of ball motion and oil patterns, the better off you're going to be. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, We're about, for a lot of people, we're entering, you know, maybe our 12th, 14th, 15th, 16th week of league, what, what advice or what would you say to someone from, from the coaching perspective now who might be in a little bit of a rut in their league? Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, and, and it's kind of a tricky question, but let's just say they're, it's an inconsistency issue where the one week, you know, it might be they're missing spares. The next week it's targeting. The next week it's uh, whatever. The condition's a little different or uh, anything of that. One of the greatest pieces of advice I ever received when I was trying to learn how to coach and learn much more about the physical aspect of the game was from Earl Anthony. Um, and I'll never forget it because he told me, he said, look, you know, even even I struggle, which kind of hard to believe that the man ever struggled. Um, but he said I would come in if I didn't feel right, if something didn't click. I'd come in and practice, and I'd feel, not that I literally would do it, but I would feel that I'm doing everything half speed so I can create a better sensation of what my body is doing. And that's actually something, that piece of advice that he gave me is something that not only that I do for myself, I actually use that a lot in lessons. I tell people just don't worry about where the ball is going. Don't worry about anything. I mean, let's be honest, 99.9% of this game is about feel. And if you don't know what you're feeling and if the feel gets off, there's only one way to get it back, and that is to practice at it and to break it down. Well, one of the best practices is what he told me. Feel like everything is going half speed. 
just roll it off your hands so you can feel what you're doing. Because most people actually get too quick with their arm swing and slow with their feet. And then I know that sounds a, a little bit odd, but when people say slow down, a lot of times I tell them to slow down their arm swing because it gets too quick. All right. And then along those same lines, and I've heard different perspectives on how bowlers should treat league. And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because it seems like it can be a, a little bit of a, a tricky subject on, um, on how, you know, what you should treat league as. I've been saying it for probably around 30 years or more. League is purely entertainment. It is to go out and have fun. It is not, has nothing to do with the judgment or the uh, rating of your abilities. You're on an entertainment division or in an entertainment division and you're on an entertainment condition. Go out, have fun with it. It's, it's what it's there for. I mean, if you want to go bowl some serious stuff, then, you know, you might want to treat, uh, take your practice sessions more seriously. But, you know, I see this all the time, even on social media, you know, if somebody's throwing a urethane ball and somebody has come on uh, social media and go crazy and write, oh my God, they're destroying the condition. Let me just be honest about this. If you really can't bowl because someone else is throwing a different surface than what you want them to throw, you have bigger issues to what the surface they are throwing. Most people do not go and bowl league for a very high value of competitiveness. A simple example, a friend of mine who happens to be a manager of a few uh, bowling centers, uh, he tells me right now, 20% 20% of his bowling is organized bowling, meaning league tournaments and what have you. 80% is entertainment. In other words, open play or high handicap tournaments. And these people that are in that 80% are going to filter into your leagues. They treat it completely different than you do. They treat it as entertainment. And that's what the league is. If you want to step up to something a little bit higher value or a little bit more competitive, you're not going to find it in leagues anymore. They don't exist at, at that level. There are really no what I would call competitive scratch leagues anymore. I haven't seen one in about 15 years. So treat it what it is. It's entertainment. If you want a different level, you're going to have to step away from leagues and go bowl something on the weekends. All right. I want to hit on that urethane um, reference you made there because let's talk about that because urethane has come back for people. And a lot of times you're right. It gets in people's heads. They see someone throwing urethane and it's, oh, my God, this guy's throwing urethane and he's he's inside and he's wrecking the pattern. Um, And you're right. It is a lot of it is mental. But explain the difference on what the urethane ball does do a little bit different to the lane and what I mean I know what my adjustment is but what should you know a, a, an adjustment be when you are encountering someone using urethane well normally urethane I mean it doesn't really actually uh, not t- today's urethane they flare so they're not moving the oil down the lane like people believe they're not I've we've done test after test and the amount of oil that moves down the lane right now has absolutely no influence on the bowling ball. However, urethane does strip the front part of the lane more than reactive resins. 
because they slow down earlier and they grab the lane earlier. They actually leave what we call a bigger teardrop when they in, impact the, the lane. A reactive resin will leave, you know, like uh, a, a small teardrop or a little bit of a divot. And that's where we refer to it in golf. Is there's a divot every time you throw a bowling ball out of the oil pattern, just like when you hit a golf ball out of the fairway. There's going to be a divot. And what people are seeing is they're seeing more oil disappear from the front because of urethane, not being pushed down the lane. Well, if you remove the oil from the front, guess what? A ball hooks early and dies. So it's not actually carrying down. It's just grabbing the lane a whole lot earlier. All right. And um, I guess the one thing that I see is this whole reincarnation of urethane began by a lot of the guys on tour doing it to keep you know, play straighter and seemingly keep their angles a little tighter. Um, I'm seeing it now in my leagues, though, from guys who maybe don't need to be throwing urethane. Was that, is that a fair statement? And are you observing that as well when people come into the shop there by you and, and they're interested in the, the latest and greatest new urethane? I mean, is it is it ne- as necessary as what you see it or encounter it in league? Um, it's not really as necessary in league, but we we have to face the facts that may, mainly our leagues are make, made up of more. Um, it's an older generation, and it's getting an becoming an older uh, generation. There's not that many younger players, so it seems a little bit out of balance. But you know, these people want a ball, they want control of their bowling ball, and if they feel like they can control it with your thing, that's fine that percentage is extremely small that throws urethane. But, you know, you made a great statement. It does get in people's heads, and it's a great way to mess with somebody. If You know, and every ball you throw down the lane is going to change an oil pattern. So your job is to adjust, figure out how to combat it, just like everybody else is. Well, and I had it brought up to me a, a very good way, too. A lot of the people you see, like you're saying, some of the, the older generation, they're hearkening back to those old urethanes of what they what they were able to control back in the 80s. And so now they, they've kind of, the balls have came back, and it's a comfort level with a lot of players as well. Absolutely. I mean, for me, I know this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but the ball that I use the most when I'm, when I'm bowling is actually a... Um, caramel white dot that was made in 1976 so it's what i feel good with i like to play i like to run a bowling ball but i do not like to watch it hook so for me it's a comfort level and i'm I'm to the right of everybody and i've had people oh my god you're destroying the pattern you're not playing them right you know you play it the way you want i'll play it the way i want you know you're not beating me so i don't know what your complaint is and I've actually said that to people, you know, um, we've gotten into this, I don't know what I would call uh, spoiled attitude to where I should be able to stand where I want, play what I want, and nobody else should, should be able to make that any different. But you know what? You have that attitude. I'm allowed to do what I want to do. And so are other people. It's about scoring and, again, entertainment when it comes to league. There are far, many, far too many people that take it as if it's something serious. It's not. The lanes are oiled to where you can score the highest with the least amount of ability. How can that be competitive bowling? It's not meant to be. It is meant to be P 
pure entertainment, treat it that way and don't take it so personal just because somebody else is playing the lanes different than what you want. All right. Well, speaking of, of oiling the lanes and dressing, uh, let's let's talk about this has been kind of a conversation been having and been seeing on some of the podcasts I've been doing for Flow Bowling regarding the PBA. And this this can even go to really anything. But, I mean, I, I know it's more on the PBA side of things. But they have these patterns. You know, back in the day, they all had names and, and everything. And now they've all changed, you know, pretty much every one. And they've added a few, subtracted a few. But do they? Does would your advice be just to go away with some of the naming of the patterns and maybe just give the guys the the volume and the mills if they even want that, or sometimes even just the volume is good enough and let them figure out the rest of it? I mean, giving it a name makes it sound like it's a circus, or some kind of entertain or some kind of museum. Um, I think they need to get rid of it. It just to me and to many people that even watch, they have no idea. What when you're calling it a scorpion or a Beijing or whatever it is, a cheetah or whatever animal or pet or ridiculous name you want to give it, no, most people don't even know what it means. And again, we're going to go back to the beginning. The moment a few shots are thrown, guess what? It's no longer that pattern anyway. So I think they need to get rid of it. Now, if you want to, you know, make something more uh, a state, a more intelligent category. Say what surface you're on, say how old it is, say the length of the pattern, and say the volume. Those are the big characteristics because anytime, if I took a bowling ball and threw, threw it down the lane at 180 grit, and you're throwing a bowling ball down the lane at 4,000 with a super shine on it, guess what? We're not going to be, cha- we're going to be changing the pattern in a completely different way. And that pattern is only meant to last maybe 20 to 30 minutes. So if you figure on the PBA or in a tournament, you get about 10 minutes of practice in some places. Some places there's 15. By the time you're into the fourth, fifth, or sixth frame, guess what? That pattern is no longer even close to what you started with. You know, uh, the late, great Harry Golden, who was the PBA tournament director, Always said it best. Let your ball be your guide. If you can't trust that, then what are you doing on the approach? And quickly, Bill, before we go here, I want to remind folks, please check out BowlingThisMonth.com, Bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips, BowlingThisMonth.com. Hint, hint, if you're looking for someone for Christmas still, BowlingThisMonth.com, great subscription rate on there. You can check that out, BowlingThisMonth.com, seeing all sorts of stuff from uh, from the ball reviews down your left-hand side, seeing some great new articles out there about talking about adjustments. So check all that stuff out, BowlingThisMonth.com. Do a great job. You can get a subscription, send you emails. You can access everything on the site. Again, check everything out, BowlingThisMonth.com. Speaking of gifts, H5GBrands.com is where you want to go for that bowler, looking for that new dye supplemented jersey everything there no hidden artwork fees also use promo code above 180 at checkout that's going to get you 20 dollars off that order for christmas so do all that h5gbrands.com so many colors so many styles so many options all sorts of stuff get it for your team they have discounts for teams if you reach out to them all different bowling shirts again remember please check out h5gbrands.com you see me out on the lanes i'm wearing mine they're a proud sponsor here of the Above180.com podcast, so check them out, h5gbrands.com. Use that promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your order, h5gbrands.com. 
All right, Bill, final couple questions I have. Open championships being held again this year at South Point. Um, what are your plans for that? I know last last time it was out in Vegas, you did a few things. Are, are you still working on some stuff? And and if not, where can folks come and see you? And and um, if any, you know, maybe maybe throw a few games or get a lesson with you. If anything, just uh, just a one on one time. Well, we're going to be running the same team experience that we ran we ran last year or two years ago. And uh, we'll be mainly at Texas Station because I have a little bit more flexibility at that center. And the other one is going to be over at Sunset. So, you know, anytime you're in Vegas, give me a call, 702-885-2695. And, I mean, I'm available. I'll be home March, and March April, May, June. I'm, I'm actually cutting way back on my travel schedule. Uh, I've only got one final road trip before the start of the nationals and that's going to be the end of january beginning of february and then i'm home for the rest of the tournament and throughout the summer and you know we'll see how we can go from there all right and remind folks again what you did you put out the oil pattern or you you get best estimate of what you what you see out there on the lanes and and um and you do people can do the practice session correct again if i remember correctly yeah, I'll be going over the first. I mean, last year we we nailed the volume, we made, nailed the overall pattern on uh, the singles and doubles. We we're just a little bit long on the team, but you know, I mean, we're a foot long. But we had the once we looked, the pattern was revealed. We found out we we're pretty pretty close, and that's what I'll be doing again this year: going over, evaluating, putting putting down what I see as the characteristics. And we'll be doing private sessions. All right. And final on that uh, note, are, are you are you okay with them not releasing the pattern, doing like they've been doing now, where it's the last couple of years it comes out after the session? I mean, we all kind of have, like you said. I mean, even you know, you're way more into it, obviously, from doing the lanes on the PBA. So you can probably get even more detailed than what a guy like me or some of your other guys can go out there and watch, and just by the reaction, say, "Oh, it's about this." I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. It's- even if you did get the exact pattern, you don't have the same surface. You don't have the same topography. You don't have the same climate. You don't have the same climate control. I mean, you know, I don't know how many people have been over to the Nationals, but if you're going to sit in the bleachers and watch, bring a blanket. How many places in a, how many bowling centers can you go into and say, well, you know, when you go and watch league, you really need a blanket. Uh, none that I know of. And so all of those are a contributing factor of changing characteristics of ball motion and lane reaction. So, you know, as long as you're getting close and, you know, again, no two pairs are ever going to play the same ever. It's not possible. It never will be possible unless you put up a house condition. And if the USBC starts going into that direction for the Nationals, I'm pretty sure everybody else will quit. All right. And then I would like you to hit on that because the tournament is in Vegas and last year it was Syracuse. So you have almost two extremes to the pattern. You know, one, a very, you know, a desert climate, not like a desert climate, a desert climate. And then the other very can be very humid at times in New York, depending on the time of year you went. But what are the characteristics that someone will see when they're bowling in Vegas, example, versus maybe the Midwest or East Coast? Well, you know, again, you brought up a great point. Depends on the um, temperature and all that fun stuff. But in Vegas, we we've got a lot of static electricity. Drier air brings you more static electricity. Well, guess 
guess what? Bowling balls work off of static electricity. So out here, they're going to hook more they're, versus when you go to Syracuse or somewhere where there's the higher humidity. They can run the exact same pattern as last year in and, and Syracuse and put it here, and the characteristics will be nowhere near the same. We have a different climate, different air thickness. We don't have near as much moisture. And, you know, again, we have more static electricity. Every time I walk into the bowling centers, and especially the ones that are up above ground or below ground, when you test something, you get that instant shock. Well, you know, I've been there everywhere else around the world, and that doesn't happen other than here. The other thing I would remind folks, too, and I know we're a little bit early, you know, with things starting, but I ended up getting a bigger a thumb drill, you know, from the IT system, and that saved my hide out there because my normal thumb would not fly because it was just, it, it just was uh, the humidity, you know, it, it uh, you swelled up a little bit. So that's something, too. So people going from east to west, that's the opposite. They may need something that's a little tighter because of the drier air. And one of the, you know, you see these people that make a huge mistake when they come out to the desert. And I will tell you right now, do not put hand lotion or lotion on your hand. The only thing that works in the desert is uh, aloe vera gel. When you start using all these other lotions, you know, uh, with lanolin and petroleum distillates, when you come into the desert, all it's going to do is either crack the skin on your hand or make it puff up beyond belief. So you don't come out here and try and use, uh, you know, what you use at home for skin moisturizer. You're much, much better off using aloe vera gel. All right. And on that note, Bill Hall, thank you for joining us today. All the best of luck, and, um, and we'll catch up with you again down the road. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much.